Okay, there's several medical headlines regarding COVID-19 to go over on this Thursday afternoon. So let's welcome in our medical expert. Here's Dr. Brett Belchitz. He joins us now on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Doctor, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. Let's start with uh, doctors who have found that one of the ways that COVID-19 affects the body, apparently, is causing the blood to thicken. And now, Brett, they're talking about using blood thinners to treat COVID patients? Yes, this is one of the the very scary things that this disease seems to be doing. And we're seeing it manifest in a number of different ways. So we had early reports uh, around COVID patients who were coming down with things like strokes, who were all of a sudden dramatically more short of breath than, than you would expect them to be or clinically would suddenly be crashing. And what we were starting to realize looking at all of these patients is that the commonality seems to be that COVID is causing blood clots around the body. And, and so, you know, strokes is one of the ways that blood clots manifest. Another thing that that can cause is something called a pulmonary embolism, where you have a blood clot in your lungs. And as a result of that blood clot, there is no longer blood that is making it into the areas where your lungs are actually bringing oxygen into your body. So therefore, you're having now deoxygenated blood going back to the rest of your your body without actually picking up any oxygen from the lungs, which is often a very, very suddenly deadly thing to have. So we luckily have lots of treatments that are effective against blood clots. And this is something that doctors are starting to investigate uh, across multiple centers, whether or not those agents that we use to treat blood clots, whether or not they are making a difference to the survival of COVID patients. Yeah. Is this just one of those things that as COVID develops and we learn more and more about it, uh, we're learning different ways to treat it uh, just because uh, there were so many unknowns right out of the gate? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, what we're learning uh, over time is just how scary and unusual an illness this, this is. So, you know, every day we're discovering new side effects, new problems that this causes. But at the same time, what we are starting to, to gain is a better understanding of why this is such a deadly illness. And I think in the early days, our thought was it's so deadly because it causes this terrible respiratory pneumonia where all of your airways get clogged up with infection and we just can't treat it. And what we're starting to realize is that a very significant portion of the deaths that we're seeing due to seeing due to COVID aren't just due to the respiratory issues. They're due to all of the other things it's causing. So things like these blood clots, kidney failure, et cetera. But the good news is that as we go down that path, we start to realize that some of the things that are killing people, like blood clots, are things that we have treatments for. And so some of the early good news is there was one study that showed that for patients that were intubated, so patients where uh, we had a breathing tube down their throat, we were able to cut the death rate in half for those patients by giving them aggressive blood thinning therapy while they were in the intensive care unit. All right. Meanwhile, another possible treatment breakthrough comes just down the highway in London, Ontario. Researchers there, the first in the world to treat COVID-19 with specialized dialysis. What can you tell us about that? So this is another innovative treatment approach. And what it's focused on is the understanding that a lot of, again, we're seeing so many new and interesting things with this disease, but a lot of what is causing some of the poor outcomes with COVID patients isn't actually the infection itself. It's what we call a cytokine storm. And that is something that occurs when our body's immune system goes absolutely almost berserk in response to an infection. And so our immune system becomes over-exuberant and all of the inflammation around our body that that over-exuberant response causes actually causes a lot of damage to numerous parts of our bodies and many of our organs. And so this particular trial is trying to use a form of dialysis whereby we can actually calm down the immune system to see whether or not that actually has a positive effect in these patients. The idea being, can we actually reprogram with dialysis, and there are techniques to do this, some of the white blood cells that are being filtered through the machine into a form where they are less aggressive, less irritated, less excited, 
And we will see whether or not that makes a difference. So there isn't any data yet. We're, we're going to have to wait a little while to see whether or not that works. But if we are able to settle down that response while not impairing our body's ability to fight the infection, this could certainly be a big improvement in terms of how we treat these patients. Wow, really, really fascinating. Joined by our medical expert, Dr. Brett Belchetz, as we're going over some of the latest medical headlines regarding COVID-19. Brett, in Montreal, doctors there, they're investigating whether or not a rare children's disease, that might have some sort of COVID link? Absolutely. So this this is another example of just how much inflammation uh, this illness causes across the body. And and so there is a a condition that we've known about for a long time uh, in pediatric medicine. It's called Kawasaki's disease or Kawasaki syndrome. And this is a particular syndrome that we often do see in connection with viral infections where you see inflammation throughout the blood vessels of the body. And that inflammation in and of itself uh, is not overly harmful in terms of the initial symptoms. So typically these kids that have this syndrome will present with reddened eyes and rashes on their hands and rashes on their, on their feet. But for the most part, initially it looks like nothing. But the big problem is all of the inflammation that it's causing to blood vessels can end up causing permanent heart damage in children that will stay with them for the rest of their life. So the good news is there are some good treatments for this syndrome called Kawasaki syndrome. Um, The bad news is that we're starting to see this emerge as something that seems to be getting caused by COVID. And many times what we're seeing is in children who have no other symptoms of COVID, this may be the only manifestation. So it's certainly something that parents should be on the lookout for if your child seems to be potentially running a fever or having, you know, red eyes, unusual rashes on their hands and feet. This is something that you should be aware of and something that really does need to be seen by a medical professional sooner rather than later, because the key to avoiding that heart damage is to get treatment early. All right. Important, important information for parents to be sure. Uh, Finally, Brett, this afternoon, wanted to ask you about the Trudeau government's announcement of $240 million. They're going to invest that in virtual health care. And we know because of the COVID pandemic, a lot of doctors have been uh, treating, talking with patients uh, virtually over the Internet. Is this the future, do you think, of health care? I think there's no question that this is a very strong part of the future of healthcare. Even before COVID, if you were to look to other parts of the world outside of Canada, there were healthcare systems out there that were doing about half of their visits virtually. Uh, they were doing half of their visits with patients in the home and doctors who were in the office or even doctors who were at home. And this was something that was very effective in terms of it saved patients a lot of time, saved patients a lot of inconvenience, and really was very important in terms of reducing the risk of patients being exposed to infection. It's something that Canada really didn't adopt for a long time. I think we're, we're generally a much slower to change healthcare system, but we've adopted this in a huge way. And I think one of the barriers, and I'm very glad to hear about this federal announcement, one of the barriers has been a lack of funding for uh, procurement of the virtual care infrastructure that needs to be there. So my hope is that this infrastructure will be procured with some of these dollars. And my hope is that once we come out of COVID, virtual care is something that will be around today because there's no question that it is much better for patients for many, many conditions, much better for doctors, and certainly is a safer mechanism of providing care in any instance where we're looking at infectious illness. Okay. Can doctors give the same level of care and diagnosis online virtually, though? Not for all conditions. I'd say for at least about 50% of conditions, doctors can very accurately assess them virtually without having to lay a physical hand on the patient. And then, you know, there are some incredible devices that are out there that allow doctors to listen to lungs and look in the ears and all sorts of stuff while not being in the same room. And my hope is that, you know, there, there begins to be increasing access to those kinds of devices, devices so that we can even increase that percentage of conditions well above that 50% mark. But certainly for very basic transactional care, things like prescription renewals or an eye infection or a sinus infection, many of these can very easily be treated remotely. All right. Dr. Brett Belchitz, our medical expert. Doctor, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Have a great day.